Take a minute to remember what it felt like to enter a new grade, to physically walk into the classroom. Maybe it's a first grade classroom, perhaps a fourth, or it's a memory of that first day of high school. Were you nervous, excited, proud of the progress you were making? We're already missing summer. Particularly if it's a grade school memory, you probably see a smiling, friendly face on the other side of the doorway. The face of a teacher who quickly made you feel like you belonged by showing you where to sit and where you could put your things. Your teacher was there to guide you through it all, through the moments of discovery and frustration that come with learning, through squabbles with classmates, and through the social lessons learned on the playground. As the start of this school year draws near in Kansas, many kids may not be greeted with the same confident smile, because the coronavirus has made the mask the must-have school supply of the year for teachers and students alike. Some districts will start the school year virtually. That will ease teachers' fears, but probably not their stress. Plus, an awful lot of the school experience will be missing, says John Wetzel. He's the superintendent of the Barnes-Hanover-Lynn District, situated in the rolling hills about an hour north of Manhattan. Academically, we can always get them caught up to, to a certain extent. You know, it's the other parts of the, of the whole education that are, that are starting to worry me a little bit. No matter how the year begins, teachers will have to be creative to get students started on the right foot in a new grade in the middle of a pandemic. I'm Jim McLean, and this is My Fellow Kansans, a podcast from the Kansas News Service. Teachers already are a flexible bunch. They have to be. They're accustomed to reading their students and adjusting what and how they teach to make sure they're getting through to them. And in the younger grades especially, teachers have to be ready for the most random of questions. But that go-with-the-flow attitude was really put to the test last spring when the pandemic arrived and schools went to full online instruction. The hybrid plan that many schools intend to use this year could be equally challenging. Michelle Taylor is a 30-year-old who teaches middle and high schoolers in her hometown of Silver Lake, a small community just west of Topeka and just north of the Kansas River. Kansas News Service reporter Stephen Coranda talked to her as she prepared for what will be a very different kind of year for her and her students, and about how she's handling a couple of significant life changes at the same time. Hello, come on in. Michelle lives in rural Shawnee County with her husband Andrew and a recent addition to the family. This is Jack. He's two months old. Yeah, what are you doing? She now teaches in the Silver Lake School District. I actually grew up a mile from here, and this is the house I actually went to daycare in for the first 11 years of my life. When I originally graduated high school and went to college, I went to KU, and my plan was to go into political science. Um, And then I started to realize that if I really wanted to make a difference um, in the world, I probably wasn't going to achieve much of that through politics and our current political climate, so I decided to teach instead. When I chose to teach, I didn't choose to teach like English or speech or debate forensics. That's not why I went into teaching. The whole entire reason I went into teaching was to teach kids. When you're in a classroom, that the focus, I mean, yeah, I'm teaching them a certain content, but the focus is always the relationships and the kids. And when I'm at home, it feels like I'm just like pushing content out without getting that relationship with students. So it doesn't really feel like teaching much at all. As a 
communications teacher, especially, right? Like a lot of our communication, that energy comes from nonverbal communication. It comes from them talking to each other, not just talking to me. And so when we're doing it through like email, I can't see their face. I don't actually know if they're understanding what I'm saying. I don't actually know. Like usually when a student gets it, you see the, like you see the aha moment. And that's one of like the cool things as a teacher. I don't get to see that when I'm teaching virtually. It's like, I don't even know if they actually got it or not. Um, I also think that I mean, one of the biggest struggles, I think, as a teacher is preparing for the unknown because I mean, there's still so much unknown. We don't know when are we going back to school? Um, what is that going to look like? How much of this year are we going to be online? That's a big stressor for many teachers as well as parents is the whole teaching virtually part. Um, just because you don't have that same connection that you get in school. And that's really hard, I think, as a teacher. Um, I know it definitely was like kind of a confidence shaker for me, um, but it also is for a lot of students as well. Yeah. Yep, he's got the hiccups, so there's it in a smile. And a smile. Yeah. When they made the announcement uh, that we were going to go, not be going back to school after spring break, um, I had just reached seven months uh, in my pregnancy. <laughs> um, so I was due May 19th. And so that was a big change as well. I mean, it really changed uh, how, like, how we did our appointments. All my appointments had to be just me. My husband couldn't go to the appointments. Um, when we delivered, I had to do so with a mask on. I mean, there was a lot of changes that came along with that. I mean, there were, I'm not gonna lie, there were some nice things too. I mean, seven to nine months of pregnancy started to feel really uncomfortable. Um, it was in some ways nice. I didn't have to get up and go to like get up and get to school. Um, I could just teach from the comfort of my own home. Um, so in some ways that was kind of nice. But yeah, there was a lot of, I think, just that extra layer of uncertainty. Um, what that was and because we weren't sure at first if we were going to be able to have our baby shower which we ended up not being able to have and um, doing some of like those things that you do we also got married um, on it was a Thursday of spring break the 12th a day before they announced we were going to go not be going back to school and then they shut down the next like that Monday is when they shut down the courthouse and did all that so uh, yeah so it was a wild time uh, for uh, for me personally trying to teach virtually getting married having a child uh, doing all of that so it was definitely a busy spring 2020 has been a wild year <laughs> Michelle set up her makeshift classroom a few steps off the uh, living room this is this was the dog room um, until it was time for me to come home. Um, my chair, so my husband's working in the basement. He stole my chair once school ended. Um, this is my desk for my classroom that I took out. Um, and it's a desk that I had purchased, so it is mine. But um, I took out, I took my rug. Um, so I kind of took a lot of things just to try to make it feel a little bit more like school um, because I felt really weird the first couple of days teaching um, away from school. What are you thinking school might be like in this coming year? Or what are you feeling as we approach, we think, a school year starting <laughs> relatively soon? I think we already know that it, uh, it's going to be different. I, I've been working um, in my district on our plan. I, it's going to require a lot of flexibility, right? Because no one really knows. I mean, you see lots of research 
that says that the virus like does not spread with children as much but then newer research is coming out from like summer camps and stuff where children have been and it's spread like wildfire so i think it's just one of those things where um it's going to require us to have to switch from uh, doing in-person classes to moving to virtual for some students that may be in quarantine while still teaching classes um, but then if like a whole grade level gets taken out then all those teachers have to be prepared to teach uh, virtually and all those like students have to be pre prepared to learn that way um, and I think that's going to be difficult um, but I also think you're going to see some really good things come out of it too I mean like one of the things the Department of Education put out is they put out that their new kind of competency-based grading, competency-based learning, um, and that I think that's a really good a positive for education. And so I think you're going to see um, more individualized learning. And so I think like some things like that are going to be really beneficial. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely going to be different so many of us want like we're ready to go back to school as normal like that i mean it's like okay we're done with this like this has lasted long enough get us get us to normal but i think that it's we're not there yet right and so i think and i think that's the hard part for a lot of people is it's disrupted so many lives in so many ways um that people are like just give us this one normal thing of getting back to school and i think that's going to be probably the hardest part as we get started is people are going to be pushing for that and i think we're seeing that already um, but we're just not there yet. Schools are considering safety, and Michelle says it's not just about students and teachers. We were going through the numbers last week, and 100% of our bus drivers are in the high-risk category in Silver Lake. I mean, so not just even teachers, and we definitely have teachers, like we have um, a couple teachers that are taking, that are living with their elderly parents right now that have conditions like COPD, and that are uh, these underlying health conditions that them coming back to the classroom and then possibly taking that home, I think is really, really concerning. Um, we have some students who have contacted the district already and said, what are our virtual learning options because of underlying health conditions? And I mean, I have my own concerns, right? I mean, uh, I have a newborn and I also like, I have a 65, I'm sorry, an 85 year old grandmother and my family's still seeing her every once in a while. And so knowing that when I go back to school, I'm gonna have to stop seeing the like few family members that I still do get to see. I mean, that's gonna be really hard for us as well. It's not that we don't want to be at school. I've seen that a lot too, um, especially on social media, which is like never, I feel like a healthy place to be during an, any sort of like national crisis. But um, a lot of people are like, oh, teachers just don't wanna go back to work. Teachers don't wanna do this. Teachers don't wanna do that. And I feel like that's a really big misrepresentation of what the situation actually is. Teachers are in this for kids. And I don't know any teacher who enjoys teaching without kids. Like if you take a personal relationship with kids out of the equation, None of us enjoyed that. Um, and so I think that we all want to try to get back to the building as quick as possible, as normal as possible. But I think just remembering that safety is important too. Michelle, her husband, and Jack pose for some photos. And Jack makes it clear that it's time for this interview to be over. You smiling at the camera? <laughs> oh, that's not a happy oh, face. That's not a happy come face. On. Hey. Yeah, be happy. Ready, buddy? Come on. On this season of My Fellow Kansans, we wanted to bring you into the middle of other people's experiences, let you hear about how they're dealing with something none of us has ever seen before. It was meant to be a short season, an interlude of sorts. So while the coronavirus will be around for a while, this season won't be. 
We might be back with an episode here or there, so keep an eye on your feed. Until then, stay safe and watch out for your fellow Kansans. have an experience you'd like to share about how the coronavirus pandemic has affected your life, we'd like to hear it. Record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Service at kcur.org. Tell us who you are, where you are, and what life has been like over the past few months. My Fellow Kansans comes from the Kansas News Service, a collaboration of public radio stations KMUW in Wichita, Kansas Public Radio in Lawrence, High Plains Public Radio in Garden City, and KCUR in Kansas City. Stephen Caranda reported, wrote, and produced this episode with help from Jim McLean. Erica Hunsinger edited the podcast. Grace Lotz, Brianna O'Higgins, and Beth Golay helped with promotions. Jordan Kirtley designed our logo. Primary Color Music produced our theme song. And all other music you heard is from Free Music Archive. For more stories from the Kansas News Service, go to ksnewsservice.org. And to support more work like this, please donate to your local public radio station.